Oh, well, geez, Luis, ladies and gentlemen, hi, hello, and most importantly, the, the cherry on top here, welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I am Mr. Warren Hayes coming at you, coming at you live here on January 20th, 2022. Directly straight into your homes via the magic of youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, where I record this podcast, which, by the way, is about professional wrestling. The wacky wild world of pro wrestling. This is what I talk about. This is what I, I we all gather around here to, to chat about pro wrestling. You know why? Because wrestling's pretty good. Wrestling's pretty good. Except when it's not, and then we talk about that as well. So we're doing all sorts of great things here tonight on the Mr. Warren Hayes Show on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Thank you very much. And yes, live. I say live because I record this show live every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. 8 Central, 6 Pacific. Pick your time zone. You'll find me. But uh, but it is live. And that means that we do have a bunch of people joining us uh, live and in the flesh here this evening. Uh, um, well, at least not in, well, you know, they're, they're in their own flesh, in their own environment. Like they're not exactly here yet. You know, I don't want to give the impression that this is, that this is turning into some kind of weird episode of Black Mirror, you know, where it's like, oh, live chats, uh, you know, with flesh. And I'm like, okay, this is like, no, this is not what's happening. This is, that's what's happening. But we do have people. <clears throat> Whoa, Warren. We do have people here joining us. Uh, uh, and, and if you're a longtime listener of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show, you will recognize a few of these names here because I'm very, I'm always humbled to see these faces, to see these people who who just come in every Thursday. They're here and I'm like, geez, this is, how awesome is this? Tim Traver, the Diecast Collective. Tim Traver, nice to see you, Tim. Good friend of the show. Welcome, man. Kelly Tonjes is here as well. So is Robert Larry. Hello and welcome to both of you. Mr. Fritz is here as well of Fretzelmania. Nice to see you, Mr. Fretz. Who else we got? We've got Justin Firestein. Nice to see you. Justin, we've got our boy Ben. Uh, yes. Do we have Phantom Mark 82? Nice to see you. DGMC, who's here too. Nice to see you, DGMC. What else have we got? We've got Heather. Nice to see you, Heather. We've got, oh, Gabriel or Gabrielle. I'm not sure. Atitakis? Atitakis. I think I got it. Atitakis? I'm sorry. But Gabriel is here. Nice to see you. Look at that. We've got Katie from the Shilit Showcase Podcast. Nice to see you. 8K Germany 96. Look at all these wonderful faces just popping in here. Again, not like I don't see their faces. Look, I'm trying to be personable. Why are you putting so much pressure on me? Don't have to be so literal. Mom! Just welcome, everyone. I'm so happy. So happy that you're here, that you're joining us here this evening. Uh... Oh, it's Mr. Minoan. Gabriel, it is Mr. Minoan, a stalwart member of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show Discord. Nice to see you. Hey, look at this. El Gato Pollo Loco is here as well. That's an easy one to pronounce. I've pronounced that a few times when I was over in uh, 
a couple of times when I went to Madrid. It's the kind of thing that you shout out at people. Hey, el pollo, el gato pollo loco. And they sort of look at you and they say, es, 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 es loco. You know, tú es loco. That's what they say. Uh, Chris Jacobs, nice to see you as well. Uh, thank you all for being here. Look, if you're, uh, leave a like. I appreciate it. If you're watching this on demand, consider leaving a like as well. I appreciate it. If it's your first time here, consider subscribing or let me work for it. I like to think that I've earned your subscriptions, right? That I'm not just like out there going, please subscribe, sub, 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 sub. Or, or if I do, and you do subscribe, I like to, you know, I like to think that uh, that I worked for it and that you appreciate it. And that means I appreciated it as well. And everyone is like in this appreciative circle of appreciativeness. Thank you all very much for being here. Evan Wright, nice to see you. Welcome to the chat. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, so there we go. Uh, and if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application, because the Mr. Warren Hayes show is available on audio formats as well. Thank you. Especially if you're listening to this with your children in the car during your morning commute. Hi, kids of the adult who is who has decided that this was a good podcast to play with children around. You know, am I am I scarring your children for life? Will the frequency of my voice Currently, will it pierce their tiny eardrums into oblivion? This is this is the kind of science that I'm not too comfortable exploring with you. But nonetheless, thank you very much for putting the auditory senses of your children at risk to enjoy my podcast in your car. <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. And you know what? On Spotify now. You can leave, leave ratings. If you want to leave a quick rating there, that'd be really cool. That would be very, very cool. And if you want to, uh, that's very cool. And and you can, here's dope thing on, on Spotify. I've been talking about this for the past couple of weeks, you know, and I've sort of developed a feud with with uh, the, the weekend, right? Music artist, renowned uh, uh, pop music uh, artist, the weekend, uh, who really... Yeah, on Spotify now, you can you can watch the video of the podcast. You can flip between audio and video, which is pretty cool. And I mentioned this, I think it was last week. You know, the, the weekend, you go to listen to his music. You can't look at him sing. You just, ha- you can only listen to him. Which, by the way, Don FM, fantastic album. But, I mean, aside from that, you can't see the weekend sing at you. You can only listen to him. There's a W for Warren Hayes right there. I, you know, what one nothing weekend, one nothing Warren Hayes, one nothing for Warren. You know, we the weekend has zero is what I'm trying to say. Hmm. What are you gonna do about it? Hmm. No, you you maybe you can't feel your face, right? But we can't see your face. Hmm. What are you gonna do about it? <laughs> so anyway, I'm winning at life because you can watch me on Spotify, but you can't with the weekend. I'm just saying, like, tell me I'm not winning. I dare you. <laughs> I am in a fantastic mood. It was a hell of a week. You know when I finished. Have have any of you been watching 
Archive 81 on Netflix. It's this spooky, like, they, they, they market it as horror, but it's, I wouldn't call it, like, it, you know, you know no, no. Uh, I wouldn't call it horror. Let's put it that way. But still very interesting. Gave me some really big Lost vibes. You know, remember that show? Mystery, you know, things that unravel. And I really like, and I really, really like the show. And I'm not going to spoil it because maybe some of you, because I think the show is good up until the last episode, which I think uh, is a detriment to my enjoyment of the series overall. I think everything was going nice and smooth. I think we had something very, very, very good about it. <coughs> I think everything was very good. Good acting, uh, interesting plot, like lots of mystery. I like I like a good metaphysical mystery once in a while. Something, you know, kind of like, uh, uh, something kind of like a, a um, very David Lynchy, but with a sci-fi twist. I like, I like, I really, really liked it, but... That last episode, man, it just completely killed me. I was like, what? I I got invested in this, into these eight, these seven previous episodes to come to number eight. And I'm like, what? What was, what's the word? Is it, do I feel, what's the word that I, uh, 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 uh. I, I'm trying to find like the the exact word, and I can't quite put my finger on it. You know, it's uh, you know, I'm I'm I feel deceived. There you go. I feel de- deceived. But it's it's a good show, and if you can stomach, you know, the fact that maybe once you get to the last episode, you're like, "What the fuck is going on?" Kind of thing. It, it's good. It's very good. But if you're, if you're, kids, if you're in the car right now listening to this podcast, uh, you know, trust me, your parents should not let you watch that show, okay? All right? It's not for kids. You should watch, uh, you know, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, okay? You should, that's what you should be watching. Not, not Archive 81. That'll, it's a scary show. Kids, don't watch it. Belt to Bells. Dot com, dot com. Our editor-in-chief is still on vacation, on a, a retreat, but uh, uh, sh- uh, she will be back with fantastic stuff very soon. In the meantime, there's the website. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash bells or Twitter, twitter.com, bells. Fantastic stuff coming up there. Trust me. Um, you know what else is fantastic? My What a Maneuver shop, because I have a What a Maneuver shop, and I have a This is a Fun Match, you guys, t-shirt, like on an old VHS tape. Go check it out. Go to whatamaneuver.net, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and just search for the Mr. Warren Hayes show, and you'll find them. I have two designs, vintage, just like I like it, just like I like it. I'm not going to lie. Go right ahead. Go jump in. Go check it out. Buy one of those t-shirts. Damn you. Uh, and there is also... <laughs> Damn you. No, 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 no. Um, Otherwise, hey, you can also join the Mr. Warren Hayes Discord. There's a bunch of people from the Discord 
who are here tonight in the chat, who come on Thursday nights, plus, you know, hang out in the Discord over the week, chat about wrestling, and by God, there's a lot of wrestling to talk about these days, so, you know, we're never out of topics, we watch, there's some live watching, come and check it out, come come and check, the link is in the description, you, you should come hang out, it's a good place, I like it, I pretend that I don't, but I do, because it's a meme, on the server. It's all right. Don't worry. If Look, if you come, you'll be in on the joke. If you come and hang out in the Discord, you'll be in on the joke. Uh, don't forget to, if, if you're a member of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel here, we always have the post stream. After I'm done here, uh, I pop on immediately for a, a member exclusive uh, live stream where we continue talking about wrestling. Very, very interactive chat with people in the live chat and the discord chat and we also take live discord calls on top of that and tonight i want to hear from you members i want you to tell me i want you to tell me something you liked in wrestling this week something you didn't like in wrestling this week a little bit of column a a little bit of column b makes for some spicy spicy conversation come and join us look the best way the only way actually to come and join us is to become a member of the mr warren hayes show channel shows a little support for the channel at the same time which is really cool if you if you like to come in and hang out in the live chat you get some emotes you'll get some emotes come come hither <laughs> and, and 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 come join us it's a good time uh and uh oh you can also uh leave a super chat right that's another way to show some very direct support for the mr warren show and i will read your question comment uh, live on the air. Now, before we get into the weekly wrestling inspection uh, proper, um, here's something interesting. Like, I want, like, I want to big give a big shout out to Conan, who uh, who is home after recovering from surgery. Right uh, now, at first, I had read that this was according to Dave Meltzer that Conan was hospitalized. Uh, after suffering uh, a lot of chest pain um, that uh, he originally attributed to some discomfort following a few bumps that he took. Uh, but then I read that it was a kidney transplant. And these are all reports because Conan hasn't, as far as I know, unless he's he's done it within the last hour or so before I started prepping here, he hasn't confirmed anything. He hasn't said anything. He hasn't gone on Twitter to say, uh, yes, I. Uh, uh, yes, I am out of surgery for this type of procedure. By the way, have you heard my podcast? Like he hasn't tweeted that out. But whatever the case, um, uh, he, like he hasn't confirmed it. But I think there's a consensus that he had some type of uh, in, uh, surgery, rather invasive. I'm glad he's home. I hope he's doing better. Big shout out to K Dog. Hopefully, uh, ho- uh, seems to be on the mend on the recovery, and that is very good news because, uh, yeah, want people to be happy and healthy, don't you? Don't you? Here's the weekly wrestling inspection. Just before we actually get it, I just realized, my bad, I have to continue. I almost slipped my mind, but I have to continue my resolution here of saying a uh, of saying a 
nice thing, one nice thing per week about Bill Goldberg. This is my my resolution for 2022. Every week I will say one nice thing about Bill Goldberg. So we're going to do that right now uh, in this uh, segment that I like to call 52 Nice Things to, about Bill Goldberg. Here we go. Robin Hayes has 52 nice things to say about Goldberg. His uh, perspiration levels are above average. Robin Hayes has 52 nice things to say about Goldberg. <laughs> say hello to, uh, 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 uh. want to say hello to, who am I missing? I, I saw someone pop in. Wait, oh no, okay. No, there we go, Diego Rafael Solis Rivera. Nice to see you. Welcome to the chat. So, uh, okay, uh, I, I ran a poll. I have to stop, I have to end the poll here. This is what happens when you do a live show, right? Sometimes you just, you're trying to control a whole bunch of things. Ran a poll tonight to see what the members, uh, not the members, but the people hanging out here live uh, in the chats, such as Conrad from, not Conrad, what am I saying? Matt Ritter from the Smackin' and Raw podcast. The greatest wrestling podcast on youporn.com. Uh, I ran a poll to see what uh, the live chat would like me to start talking about tonight. I gave them three three, uh, three chances. A very tight poll tonight as opposed to some weeks. Uh, but apparently everyone would like me to start talking, or at least not everyone, but the majority, 36% of the chat would like me to start talking about Mustafa Ali, who earlier this week, uh, this weekend, if I'm not mistaken, um, in a social media post, yeah, it was this Sunday, he stated the following, quote, I have a message that is much bigger than my dreams in pro wrestling. Despite my best efforts, I will not be able to deliver this message while working with WWE. Therefore, I am requesting my release from WWE. Uh, at this stage, Mustafa Ali has been off of WWE television since November. Uh, an earlier report uh, actually uh, surfaced on top of that, uh, that he had a heated argument with Vincent Kennedy McMahon the uh, the guy, right, over a pitch that McMahon made to uh, to Mustafa Ali regarding his character. Uh, and um, this apparently was part of the reason why Ali has not been on television uh, at all. Um, now, what we've learned today, today, like breaking news. Thank God you come on Thursdays for the Mr. Warren Hayes show. Breaking news. From uh, Fightful Select, they reported that WWE has refused to grant Ali's public request to be released from his contract, which apparently has, quote-unquote, years left on it. The report states that Ali and WWE have been in contact since he made the request on Sunday, and the company has told Ali that they will not grant the release now, and have no plans in the future. Apparently, because they they feel that they uh, that they have that they they judge that Ali still has value to the company. A guy a guy that you're purposefully 
taking off television, right, since before the winter began. Great value. Absolutely intrinsic value. Oh, yeah. Um, first of all, I would like to say hello. Uh, I would like to uh, to say hello to Supersonic X, our boy Noob. Nice to see you and welcome to the chat. Um, now, and J.K. Schwal is here as well. Thank you, J.K. Schwal, for the super chat. I'll get to it in a second. Now, here's the thing. This is what boggles my... Here's what's wild to me. I want a show of hands in the chat. You know, who in the chat is a is is a working person, right? A guy, a gal, a non-binary pal who has a job, right? That you're employed by someone. I'm assuming. I mean, a nice show of hands is is something, right? But I'm assuming that most of you out there are are, are gainfully employed somewhere. If not, you know, I'm, I hope the best is coming to you. If you're a student, well, hey, good luck. You know, it's a, it's a, but I'm assuming, right? Whether it's a blue collar, whether whether you, you wear a blue collar or a white collar, you know, I'm assuming everyone works, right? Or, you know, you know what I mean. Or has worked. I don't want to send any generalizations, but you know what I mean. The point that I'm trying to make here. What employment have you ever had where you have been where, where you've become miserable about it, that you don't like your job anymore, and you go to, you know, quit, and your boss tells me tells you, no, you can't. You, I'm going to keep you here. And you're like, but I'm not happy. I don't care. You're going to stay here. But, but boss, you, you, you're not even you're not even giving me any work to do. You're just like leaving me. Hang out there. I don't have any daily routine. I don't have any tasks. Nothing's assigned to me. I'm just standing around. No! You're going to stay in this spot right here until I tell you that you're going to go. How does that even work? Why would any employer want to keep an employee who does not enjoy what they're doing. This baffles me. Now, of course, then you start talking about it and then, and then, and then, you know, you get, then you get the, well, in sports, you can't exactly get out of your contract. Well, okay. But as far as I know, and look, I'm not the greatest sports connoisseur out there you know but i hear the stuff you know i hear the still nonetheless a player can request it to be traded right like if he doesn't like playing for team a he can say send me over to team b i don't like playing for the davenport nunchucks i want to play for the uh for the eugene bottlenecks and and then you know whatever happens happens from that point on right like it's not a good comparison and 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 can we get to a point where we stop comparing pro wrestling to sports and then to television whenever it suits our fancy you know whenever it, it fits our narrative because yeah because uh, in sports it's this but then oh but wrestling is entertainment it's on tv well you know if a if a 
if an actor is miserable in his job uh, on a set, whatever, he might tough it out or he might be like, look, guys, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go do something else. And this has happened in the past. This is, I mean, and besides, let's just stop comparing pro wrestling to television programs or sporting events because pro wrestling legitimately is its own little thing that that defies any uh, apples to apples comparisons we got uh, we got to cut that shit out it, it, it just it doesn't work like that you know what 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 other type of fandom would get excited to see people cut themselves to bleed on television Right when you say it like that, you're like, "This is what the fuck are you watching?" But it's pro wrestling. It wouldn't work anywhere else except in pro wrestling. Anyway, I'm 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 off track a little bit here, but we got to we this thing about well in sports, well in TV, this shit has got to stop because it's never the same. It, it's never the same discourse. It's always whatever narrative whatever comparison fits most what you're trying to say and ultimately what you're trying to say is well you can't get out of a contract which is also false if you're gainfully employed because i have worked in places before where i have had contracts just like i have right now actually in my current job and i promise you if i don't like what i'm doing anymore i can i go uh, i go to my higher ups and i tender a resignation i said look and this is in my contract, I can leave. And they're not, they're going to try. Maybe, you know, if they like what I do, they're probably going to try and keep me. They'll probably throw some money at me, whatever. But they're not going to say, we're going to keep you here to the end of their contract. Legally, they can't do that because that's how, that's how the contracts work. And I have left a previous job because I wasn't happy there. Because things weren't going as I expected. Like, nah, over, after a year I was done. I was like, okay, ciao. I'm gone. Uh, you sure? Yeah, okay. And they saw I was miserable. So they, you know, said, no, this isn't working out. Oh, we can tell it's not working out. All right. We're all good. Why would they have kept me? Why would they, why would you keep someone who's not happy at your job? Why doesn't WWE release Mustafa Ali? Haven't you heard WWE doesn't have any competition? Its competition is sleep, right? I mean, what what harm would releasing Ali do? It's not as if there's another major wrestling company out there that can compete with WWE, right? There's no competition. One of the weirdest things that someone told me today is like, oh, you you moan when they release people, and you moan when they don't release people. And like this, you, don't can't you understand context at all? Because in this situation here, you have someone who was like, "Please let me go." Every other release that happened in 2022 and uh, 2021 and and before that for that were firings people being fired from a job 
it's not something they were requesting. So in both cir- circumstances, yes, it's egregious. Now, if if WWE had released Mustafa Ali after him requesting it publicly, like Brody Lee, for instance, I wouldn't have bitched. I wouldn't have like, good, good for Mustafa. Uh, fantastic. Off he goes. WWE, getting rid of him, makes perfect sense. Let's, uh, he's not happy. Don't keep him there. Let's just go. And that makes a lot of sense to me. What doesn't make sense is Tony Storm walking out of the company and they're like, and they just shrug, right? Or then them releasing all of the talent that they did last year, citing budget cuts, and then you have one guy who's like, hey, I, 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 I volunteer. I can, I can go. They're like, nah, sit down. Do you know what I think this is about? This is my gut feeling, okay? This is my gut feeling. I have no proof. We're speculating. We're having a a little fantasy time here. uh, Fantasy time with Warren. That sounded better in my head than when it came out. Um, Here's the thing. I believe that Mustafa Ali had this little spat with Vince. Vince being the petty, grumpy old man that he is. Decided to just stick it to Ali and be like, no, I'm not giving you what you want because you stood up to me. You decided that you were not going to take what I was giving you. So I'm not going to give you anything else. And this I would not be surprised. Again, we have history and precedent to define this exact situation. It exists. It is there. It is not a far-fetched situation. It's not as if I was saying, well, uh, Vince McMahon communed with the Olympian gods of old and Hades rose from the depths of the earth to announce to him that if he released Mustafa Ali, uh, the civilization in itself would crumble upon itself as the Titans would once re- would once again return. Like, you know, it's nothing like that. Like, I think it is a very, very plausible situation. He's going to be Neville'd. He's going to be FTR'd. Yeah, you want to do your contract? Sit it out, pal. Sit it out, Buster. Stay. We're going to pay you to stay home. We're going to pay you to stay home while you are in your prime. We're going to keep you from doing whatever you want because I'm a petty old son of a bitch. And in, in Ali's statement, he says, like, my dreams are bigger than pro wrestling. He might even be done. With pro maybe he's like, you know what? This business is is shit. Oh yeah. So you know it's like so, <laughs> so it's like you get to the point, or at least Ali gets to the point where it's like, I just want to leave this company, man. I'm just done. I just I just want to go do anything else at this point. And Vince is like, nah, sit. You're going to wait it out.
And I can't stand contract defenders. I can't stand people who are like, but he she signed it. He knew what he was getting into. Do, do you know what he was getting into? We don't know what he was promised. We don't know what, what, what was told. We don't know anything. All I'm seeing is a guy who's like, I would be happier doing anything else than what I'm doing right now. And the boss, the guy who holds him, who holds his contract, holds him to his employee is saying like, no, nah, you're not going anywhere, baby. I, I, your, 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 uh, 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 your happiness is of no excuse to me. It's, it, it's, it's meaningless. You're mine. And don't forget, these are independent contractors, right? None of this ever makes sense. Just let him go. Let him go. Do anything else. This discourse was, well, not this discourse, but there was enough time between Mustafa Ali's request for release and today being Thursday when we got the news that he's not going to get it. There was enough time there to get the the defenders, the shields, rallying around WWE and saying, well, it's the fans' fault. All right, because it's always the fans' fault, right? It's the fans' fault if WWE isn't pushing Mustafa Ali and he's miserable. It's the fans' fault. You should have... And I promise you, with my hand, my right hand raised, and my left hand on my heart, I have heard these arguments. Heard, not read. Heard. By people saying, if you... you I, he should have been supported. You should have bought his merch. You uh, should have cheered for him more. His video on his release gets X million views, while his other videos get X hundreds of thousands of views. You should have backed him when he was in retribution. Like, you got all these opportunities, but you didn't support the boy. So that's what's happening here. And this is such a WW thing to do. To blame the fans instead of looking inward. But WWE is incapable of doing soul searching, self-reflection. So that's when you see the shields pop up like that. And have these, these insane things on a guy like Mustafa Ali. Where there is a general consensus of people online saying he is so talented. He is such a good person. He is a wasted talent in the company they're not doing anything with him every i have failed to see up until this point say anyone say anything bad about mustafa ali seen people blame him for the retribution failure it's like you don't understand how wwe works if you're putting this on him or you should have found a way to make it work that's no 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 i know you like to think I know you like these stories of The Undertaker who was given this gimmick and he made it work, right? This weird-ass gimmick 
where so many others have failed. He made it work. And you'll always clasp on to the exception. There's this one guy who did that one thing that one time and it was really successful, but you'll set aside everyone else who was saddled with absolute trash gimmicks, trash creative, and did were either unable to recover or had to pivot or did something that was a little closer to home. Well, uh, you'll just latch on to The Undertaker because that should have failed, but God bless Mark Calloway for making it work. Why didn't The Goon work? Why didn't Mantar work? Why didn't, uh, what was it, Phantasmo work? Why didn't the Ding Dongs work? Why didn't Mortis work? I hate these stupid ass arguments and that where where you ultimately you, you where ultimately people are like where where people end up blaming the fans for a wrestler not getting a push as if they're as if the the fans have ever really counted in WWE cuz there's WWE is it's a demo it's a company that caters to one audience, an audience of one man. And don't anyone tell you otherwise. Don't let anyone try to convince you otherwise. I don't know what there's there's still so much that I'd like to say but I'm gonna I'm gonna move on good it's re, Mustafa Ali in any sane booker's hand is a win he's a shoe in he's a star anywhere he goes he is a top baby face anywhere he goes is he a world champion? Uh, that's a we can have a fantastic argument, great debate around that. But he is a guy who could deliver fantastic matches, get crowds invested into him, and whatever he's doing, in and in the hands of anyone else. He's not saddled with weird fucking creative surrounded by Zartan and the dreadnoughts. Insulting your intelligence time and time again. A guy who you hear it backstage. You hear the, you, you, I, I hear stuff that he is so well liked and has, he's such a creative guy. He's got such great ideas. He understands camera work. He understands positioning. He understands everything. He's a quick learn. They're going to toss him aside. asinine we got some super chats Anakin JMT left us a super chat thank you very much he says catching up uh, but Warren uh, catching up but Warren until Daniel Craig introduces you the weekend but uh, uh, until Daniel Craig introduces you the weekend 
will always be cooler. Sorry, wrong, wrong. Because here's the thing. Here is the other thing. You can't see uh, Daniel Craig on Spotify either. Two nothing Warren Hayes. Oh. <laughs> thank you for the super chat though, Anakin. And thank you, J.K. Schwal, for your super chat as well. I appreciate it. He says, are you excited for this upcoming's for this upcoming week's so-and-so is building momentum towards the Royal Rumble calls that are definitely coming every match? Uh, I have they've kind of started, haven't they? And you know what's what I'm really excited for? Because yes, I'm excited for that, but what I'm really excited for is WWE taking the time to remind us of the rules of a battle royal. You know what I'm talking about. They're gonna have they're gonna have these matches and then it's all gonna end in like a big cluster, right? And then they're gonna start throwing people over the rope and say, Oh, this is a preview of the Royal Rumble where you have to throw your other opponent over the top rope and both teeth have both feet have to touch the floor. Because you know, you wanna make sure that all these new casual viewers that you're drawing in every week understand the complex intrinsic complexities the 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 uh, the very uh, uh, the 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 very detailed and and uh, and and um, uh, arcane rules that surround a battle royal right i've had this argument before and i'll say it again the battle royal is the easiest match for someone who knows Fuck all about wrestling to get into. It is the easiest match. So I'm sitting, watching a Royal Rumble with my friend, and my friend goes, uh, Warren. And I said, oh, hi, friend. How are you? Hey, thank you. How is Royal Rumble match work? And then, oh, well, it's very simple. The guy, if a guy gets thrown over the top rope, touches the floor, he's eliminated, he has to go back. Oh, that is a simple thank you. As opposed to, Warden, oh, hello, you're still here. Yes, how does person win wrestling match? Well, um, the basic way is to uh, uh, to uh, score a pinfall, which means to cover a guy with his shoulders flat on the mat for three seconds. The referee has to count to three. Or he can win by submission. The submission? Yes, he can put him in a hold that will hurt him and then he will eventually maybe tap out, you know, unless he gets to the ropes to break the hold. Uh, gets to the ropes to break a hold? Yes, he can break the hold, but that's neither here or there. So there are two ways to win the wrestling match. No, no, no. I, then you can win a match by being counted out on the floor. What? You, you said a guy goes on the floor and then he has 10 seconds to get back into the ring. If he doesn't make it back... Then, uh, then the guy, uh, the other guy wins. Okay, so uh, uh, painful submission and count out are the only ways to win match. Well, you you can also win it by disqualification. How do you disqualify? Well, you disqualify by uh, hitting someone with a foreign object, a low blow. You see how complicated explaining a basic wrestling match is. To someone who does, as opposed to a Royal Rumble, where it's like the only a guy loses if he gets thrown over the top rope and he lands on the floor. My parakeet understands how the Royal Rumble works. Oh. 
What was I talking about? This was a super chat. Thank you for the, for the super chat. Thank you for the super chat, J.K. Schwal. Uh, what time is it? Okay, we're doing good. We're doing we're doing good. Um, Walter changed his name. I know most of you have heard about this, unless you're really, uh, if you watch NXT 2.0, well, big uh, Austrian Haas Walter, uh, legendary at this point, European independent wrestler has been, you know, NXT UK, you know the drill. He, uh, he had a match against Roderick Strong this week on NXT, uh, a very good match, by the way. This is the sad part of all of this is that no one's talking about the match. No, no one's talking about the match and it was a damn good match. No shock, no surprise. You know, I don't know whatever, you know, whatever the fuck Grayson Waller was doing. Wasn't, wasn't quite a match. Anyway, I digress. Walter was there and after the match, he picks up a microphone and says, and I am the winner. The man who won this is Gunther. <laughs> when you play it, when I when you explain it, when you just like when you say it out loud, you try to make sense of it, it just sounds so stupid. Um, so I've been racking my, cause there's a whole, there's a, there's a lot of stuff around this. And I was racking my brain preparing the show. You know, I start my notes earlier in the week and I'm like, and I tweet this out. I say, how does a podcaster properly prepare for this? Right. Hey, Conrad from everything pro wrestling. Good to see you. Welcome to the chat. Like, how do you, how do you prepare to talk about this? Cause there's, there's layers here. There's some legitimate shit. And 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 you like like and touchy subjects. Uh uh you know, stuff that I'm not super comfortable talking about because I, I you know, I don't consider myself well versed enough to to draw a line and and you know, there was a whole hoo-ha in the wrestling community around it and look. But I want to focus on this here. So so shout out to my pal Metal Michael over on uh, on Twitter, who basically outlined, look, Warren, this is what you do. So I'm 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 gonna use his outline. <laughs> Shout out to Middle Michael. Follow him. Follow, find his podcast. I was on that a couple of times. It's a good time. The first question that uh, to approach this is why did WWE Connor McCabe, nice to see you. Welcome to the chat. Why did WWE feel the need to change Walter's name in the first place, right? Why? That's the. I think that's the question, the basic question that everyone should be focused on first and foremost. Like this is the. It's it's the foundations. This is how you build your house, right? You put the mortar down, the cement. I mean, you know, and you know you. You build a f- nice, solid foundation. This is the basic question that any Walter discussion has to begin with. Why did WWE feel that they needed to change Walter's name, who is extremely well-known through that name? 
maybe from some of, you know, maybe, maybe not exactly the audience they want anymore, but you know, why? To paraphrase a lot of people who gave me an answer on the internet, they said, why? Because fuck you, that's why. There's no real answer and we'll never know the real answer. And honestly, the thing here is that I'm not even surprised that they did it because it's WWE and that's what they do. They take someone's name and they switch it up and they're like, let's, let's go ahead. Um, I don't think like this is going to be a gimmick change. Like I think I still, if anything, they're going to lean in harder into the, you know, Eastern European, huge Nazi villain, uh, Indiana Jones villain type thing. You know, I, I, I didn't want to use the word, but you know, heavy J nice to see you. Welcome to the chat. So you know, I, I, if anything, they're going to lean in a lot more and I, he's probably going to be a little more, much more cartoonish, much more, not, cartoonish is not the right word. I would say much more a uh, 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 B-movie villain, you know, a, a par- closing in on parody, literally like the Indiana Jones villains, you know. I don't, that's what I think about the gimmick, right? Now, could WWE really have had the audacity to change his name to the same name as a Nazi submarine commander? And here's where this is coming from. Uh, WWE trademarked on January 13th, filed a trademark with the United States Patent and Trademark Office for the name Gunter Stark, right? It just so happens that this is also the name of a Nazi military commander during World War II who died in his submarine when it sunk in the English Channel in 1944. People lost their shit about this. And this is where the whole, this is where it becomes a lot more, uh, 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 a a lot uh, touchier, right? This is where the subject becomes a little more sensitive and where I slightly recuse myself because I find it, I find it difficult to, um, I I find it difficult to, um, uh, I find it difficult to, 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 to get a full grasp of everything. Let's put it that way. Um, so, so here's the thing. Here's what I find really interesting. Is that people are like, don't they Google? Didn't they check? No, they didn't. Of course they did not. They What, what makes you think that oh, WWE yeah. would have the, the sense to do any type of research on what they're doing here? They just go with Gunter. Gunter sounds like a big ass German guy. Let's just name him Gunter, which is even funnier because you know, uh, 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 Walter is uh, is uh, is Austrian. He's not even German, right? So it makes the whole thing even stupider. But like again, maybe Gunter is a an Austrian name as well. Maybe you could. I don't know. 
doesn't feel like it. It feels very German. But the fact that they decide to do this and you're like, what a bunch of weirdos. And of course people are going to lose their shit over it. And of course we're going to start screaming uh, anti-Semitism. It all, you know, it all connects. They created this situation for themselves. And I'm going to have Jewish people on my timeline feel that this is that that this is a slight and that it doesn't make sense. So they could have just recused it, right, and not do it, right? Now we have, we learned today that they um, that they being WWE, of course, they uh, they decided to. Um, they they decided to not pursue the trademark. So now there's no no trademark for Gunter Stark. There's just like Gunter. Well, there's no more trademark, and they're just calling Walter Gunter now. So he's he's still got only one first name, but it's Gunter now. Ah. <laughs> uh... So, so yeah, so the, like the cluelessness, it's the cluelessness that has always been one of WWE's biggest problems. Just, or maybe they just don't care. It's either or, you know, it's like they didn't care creating retribution, you know, as these Antifa super soldiers during a time of civil unrest in the United States where you're seeing people in hoodies, in black hoodies, you know, running around throwing Molotov cocktails and breaking shop windows. Of course, they're going to lean into that kind of imagery without really exploring the reasons why this shit is happening because it's pro wrestling. And pro wrestling, as I said previously, is not a television show like any other television show where they're going to explore these deep reasons. No, 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 no. They're just using imagery. Right? They're just using, you know, images to create a, a sense of discomfort. Discomfort. Yes, discomfort. Discomfort. Because uh, Middle America was seeing these uh, the these images on TV and they were terrified that this would happen in their own town. So then it's like, oh, look, it's those same, those same meanies who are throwing bricks through uh, shop windows. Oh, my. It's the same thing. Because let's not forget Retribution... Their whole thing was WWE is a huge corporation making all sorts of money, so on and so forth. You know, it's a greedy, capitalistic company. We're here to tear it down, and these are the heels. Don't forget. I'm like, yeah, go retribution. That was all like, go retribution until the, until Slapjack, until T-Bar, until uh, Mace, until... Uh, uh, reckoning <laughs> until reckoning's spasms in the ring. Anyway, um, again, like I, I, I think I, I don't think that they were really going hard into the. Uh, I don't think they were going really hard into the, oh, Germany, Germans, you know, it's like, kind of thing. I don't think that's what it was to to get the heat. Nazis, everyone hates Nazis. So I don't think so. I just think they're stupid. 
I, I just really think they're stupid. I don't think anyone does their research. What? Look, wasn't there a report going around that no one realized that Malachi Black's contract was still the NXT one, and that you know he didn't have a uh, um, he 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 didn't have a a, a no compete clause or like a ninety day or something like that. Wasn't that wasn't that a thing? They were like, oopsies, we let that one slip by. And isn't that the same thing with Adam Cole where they were like, oh shit, Adam Cole's contract is coming up. You know, it's like, I think it's just stupid. The reactions are fine. The reaction to it online, I think is fine. I don't want, I don't want Nazi memorabilia in wrestling again. Because wrestling is not like a television show. It's not the same. It's not the same type of scripted environment. It's a whole different entity. It's a whole different yarn. It's not apples to apples because you're never going to dive deep. You It's just going to be, it's for shock value. It's for the pop. It's for the heat. That's what it's for. Now, I'm, I don't want to give the impression that I'm complaining because I think everyone, you know, I think there's a lot of people who get accused of complaining when I'm just here for the memes when it comes to Walter changing names. I think it's stupid because the guy had the name value and he is a treasure. He is unironically beloved by wrestling fans. Why would you go... You know, why would you go try to fix something if it's not broken? But that's the WWE way, right? Oh, we're going to create a... Vince breaks things down to build them up again. Because Vince is, the, you know, this great visionary who does not... Who definitely does not have the attention span uh, of a goat, right? Absolutely not. I'm just not surprised by it. I think it's stupid. I think he's going to be fine. I think it's still going to be the same Walter. He's still going to chop the shit out of people. Still going to look big, meaty, and mean. Right up until he goes on to main roster, Vince is going to tell him, pal, pal, you got to uh, you gotta lose a few pounds. I'm not going to put you back on TV until uh, you trim out. Then you're like, you're, you're completely missing the point, Vince. You know? But he's going to be fine. And he's going to survive the name change. Of course he is. They all survived the name change. It's not a big deal. But it's it's such a... This story is fascinating because it's a comedy of errors on something that didn't even need to be changed in the first place. Super Chats. I got some. First of all, want to say hello to Joe Poulain Jr. who just joined us. Welcome, Joe. I popped in to be between two beards just before starting the stream tonight. Uh, Joe and uh, and Plugo between two beards over on Love Wrestling on the Love Wrestling Twitch channel. Uh, subscribe by the way, Joe and uh, and Plugo. They're they they always welcome me with open arms. Fantastic dudes. Have a a bit of fun. We get, we have a good a good laugh, and then I then I fuck off and I come and do my show. How you doing, Joe? Welcome to the chat. Uh, okay, so super chats. We have some. Let's go ahead. Uh, AK Germany 96 left us a couple. Thank you very much. 
I appreciate it a great deal. He says, first of all, Bartell and Aikner use their birth names. Weird. Is Bartell his, is it his, isn't his, he changed his name. It was Alec, Axel Dieter Jr., right? Here, let's pull this up here. And I, if that's his real name, that is his real name, Marcel Bartel. I knew that Fabian Aikner, that was his real, his real name. Marcel Bartel is his birth name. But you see, this is probably the thing that they don't see. Look, they probably don't see any value. Or, hey, they might change their names next week. You know, over to, you know, hoodlum number one and hoodlum number two. You never know. <laughs> and AK Germany also adds in another super chat. Again, thank you. It says, Walter sounds more typical German than Gunther in my opinion. And AK Germany, as you can tell, is in Germany. Which is it? Because there's... Look. There, there's a bit of ethnocentricity. How about that for a word, ladies and gentlemen? In WWE using Gunther, which feels like a very Bavarian, Bavarian name, right? Uh, German, Hungarian, like, you know without really thinking it evokes that right whereas you know i've met eric's from who lived in germany frederick's you know the very usual names but no they go with gunter like they just very self-centered on your own little ethnicity here wwe you know what i mean it's like all oh, these strangers we're going to give you a, a a name that everyone will know means that you're from Germany. Well, stuck in the past. When you're stuck in the past, you're just stuck in the past. Anakin JMT left us a super chat. Thank you very much. I guess he's watching Impact right now. He says, Cardona wants to fight Jordan Grace. LFG, for sure. And Jordan will probably kick his ass. <laughs> we were talking about this today on the Mr. Warren Hayes Discord. You should join, by the way. Um... We were talking about this today in our GCW channel. Yes, we do have a GCW channel. Uh, we were talking about how Cardona on the indies is so much more interesting than Cardona in Impact. You know, his heel persona that he has on the independents where he's he thinks he's better than everyone. You know, he's the big WWE star. He was on WrestleMania, so on and so forth. Is so much more interesting than him than Impact trying to babyface him. And... Maybe this is a way for him to start being an asshole. Because Jordan is highly beloved. Anyway, that's a very interesting matchup. Thank you for sharing that, Anakin. Matt Ritter of the Smackin' It Raw podcast, the biggest wrestling podcast on YouPorn. Uh, or porn, no, not YouPorn. Did I say YouPorn? Pornhub. says where is the sign up sheet for fantasy time with warren hayes is that a discord exclusive i knew that the once i said that i was like this is going someone's going to use this against me i am not surprised it's matt ritter <laughs> thank you matt for the super chat i appreciate it i really do 
Um, before we get into AEW, um, let's how about a little independent wrestling corner here? Let's do that. I want to talk about the Terminus show. Jonathan Gresham uh, and uh, Baron Black's show that they put on uh, um, that they put on uh, uh, this weekend, this this past Sunday. Uh, I was very very excited about this show because, um, well, okay. Overall impressions, I thought it was a fine show. I thought it was fine, absolutely fine. Nothing that will blow you away. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you there. The, you absolutely have to watch this. You have to this match it. Like there's nothing on the show that warrants anyone to go back and watch it unless you're just really curious to see how it turned out. And there was nothing egregiously bad about it, but there was nothing like spectacular about it. And the thing here is that the attraction outside of a fantastic uh, main event booking of uh, Jonathan Gresham versus Jason Alexander, for instance, the big attraction here was um, was the rules. Uh, because the idea here behind Terminus, just as a quick refresher, was to bring back like a true grappling style of wrestling, right? Then there were, um, if you think about the pure rules in Ring of Honor, these were like the pure rules, but maybe, you know, a little a little extra oomph to it, right? Um, and, and they made, uh, and as you guys and gals and non-binary pals know, I am all, I dig, absolutely dig um, the idea of sports-based wrestling. I think it's fantastic. So the, give me some rules that everyone can sink their teeth into. It also creates some great opportunities for some storytelling. You know, like matches having strict time limits. Uh, championship bouts are 20 minutes. Everything else is 15 Um if it goes to a draw, there's a 90 second overtime. The, um, uh, you can get technical fouls if you get two technical fouls in a match. You get uh, you get disqualified automatically. What's a technical foul? Throwing an opponent over the top rope. Uh, um, uh, not listening to the referee's rope break counts for 10 seconds, for five seconds. Intentional physical contact with the referee. Intentional low blows. Uh, eye gouging, fish hooking, uh, 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 use of objects. Well, actually, the use of objects, any weapon usage will result in disqualification and expulsion from Terminus. So you'll never be invited back kind of thing. Closed punches are a, are a, a, a technical foul. You know, they, that kind of stuff. And I was really into it. I was like, I can't wait for these rules to get applied, so on and so forth. So the pay-per-view goes on and, it, and, and, and it's going well and... And, and there, you can feel the rules. They're explaining them. There's there's lower thirds to keep you in the loop with the time limits and so on and so forth. So they're like, okay, this is not a work. Uh, you know, they're not going to work the the time limits. I, I dig this. I like it. I like it. I enjoy it. And then, there, then at some point, there's some confusion around the rules. The, the Jordan Grace and Kira Hogan have a match for the Impact. Uh, uh, social media belt, the Impact Digital Media Belt. That's what it's called, right? Apologies. Um, and uh, and and the thing here is that then the the commentary say, "Oh well, this match is going to be defended under Impact Rules for the Impact Title." So I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, that that makes sense." But then does that mean that 
we had because we had two Ring of Honor title matches later on with Bandito versus Baron Black and Josh Alexander versus Jonathan Gresham. And I'm like, hang on a second. Does that mean that it's going to be fought under Ring of Honor rules, which apparently they were, which is which are close to Ring of Honor pure rule, like the Terminus rules are close to the pure rule. But then I'm like, why? And it's and, and then during during the evening there was a match between. Uh, um, uh, Mike Bennett and Moose where Moose wrestled the Moose match and threw Mike Bennett over the ropes a couple of times so he got disqualified because he got two technical fouls uh, and, and then on top of that he's a big stupid moron so so the th- when you get to that match and you see these things happening okay they're clearly establishing look it doesn't quite there's a lot of there, there was a bit of confusion as we went on and, and the Impact title match was 15 minutes, whereas it was announced that all title matches were 20 minutes, but were... Like, I, I, I think that the one of the main... The main attraction being the rules, and I know this is heavy, but it it was something le- that, that Gresham leaned hard into. They took the time to put out these very elaborate rules for the audience, which I loved. I thought that was great. I don't think it was... They were used to their max potential. Let's put it that way. We had some really good matches. The opening match was uh, Lee Moriarty versus Josh Woods, who was the current, I think he's the current pure champion, right? For Ring of Honor. Uh, But fantastic wrestler replacing uh, replacing Jay Lethal, who couldn't make it because of weather. See, that that was something that also impacted uh, the show. You know, they had some technical snafus to begin with. Uh, the audience wasn't quite as filled up because people couldn't make the show because of the weather, because uh, be, because of the snow in Atlanta. Everything was shutting down. So, uh, this, that was a fun little match. We had uh, an Eliminator match, Daniel Garcia, JDX, uh, Invictus Cash, and um, uh, and uh, Priest uh, took on, uh, fought each other in an, in an Elimination match. Daniel Garcia won it. Um, it, was, it. It was interesting... To see this type of four-way um, under these rules, but maybe in the booking it was a little too early because we were still all getting used to the rules. And it was fine. Don't, well, a well-fought match. Everyone in this match was great. Just, you know. Moose versus Mike Bennett served to, to use Moose as an example of how to get disqualified in a Terminus match. And, you know, hopefully they'll never book Moose again. Janai Kai had a match versus Diamante, um, which was which was, which was was fine. Um, which was fine. I think, I, I think it could have, they could have gone a little harder, but it was all right. Janai Kai, I still love her. I think she's great. I think she's the real deal. Jordan Grace versus Kira Hogan, as I said, for the for the um, the Impact Digital Media title was very good. I think it was the match of the night. Very, very, very strong match between them both. I, and quite honestly, I think this is Kira Hogan's, that was Kira Hogan's uh, best singles match that I had seen, that I've seen so far. She was very, very good. Jordan was solid as always. Uh, everything clicked. Strong match, match of the night in my opinion. Bandito versus Baron Black was, was good, was fine. There were 
some miscommunications, a little lack of little lack of chemistry at some points, but it was all right. And and uh, uh, let's oh yeah, we had the uh, tag team match, right? Um, uh, Dante Caballero and Joe Keys versus Tracy Williams and Fred Yehai. I love Fred Yehai. Why don't we see more Fred Yehai out there? This was a honestly, this was probably the second best match of the night. Lots of great stuff and a very dramatic finish on top of that. Um, Jonathan Gresham versus uh, Jason uh, Josh Alexander, not Jason. Uh, that would be a that would that would be a entirely different match. Probably wouldn't be as good. Um, Gresham and Alexander had a they a good match, but led to a very 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 weird finish uh, where. And basically, the guys cradle each other. Look, and they're going hard on the rules, right? With the rope rule, the rope breaks, and um, they, they, they go hard with the rope breaks, building to this drama where, you know, both are submission specialists, and now they're out of rope breaks. So, you know, whoever locks the shit in, you know, he's probably, the other guy's probably doomed, you know, so you're feeling it, it's going well. Josh Alexander, fantastic, who, by the way, drove. 14 hours to the show because his flight was canceled. He tweeted this out the next day. It was like, I've never missed a show. No, he says, I hate missing shows. So when my flight was canceled, I jumped in my truck and I drove 14 hours to get to the show. That's commitment. And I respect that. So so the match, like I said, match is going on. We're getting some good drama. Both guys end up Pinning each other. Like both guys' shoulders are on the mat. And the referee counts both guys' shoulders on the mat. And this is something that I have never understood in pro. And that was the ending. That was the finish. And then the ref goes, oh, uh, well, I guess it's a draw. And I'm like, okay, he's calling it a draw. Overtime. You've got overtime in your rules. Let's do this. No, no overtime. So... No decisive winner. Josh Alexander drove 15 hours to a, to a very weird non-decision. And this is something in pro wrestling. This is I've seen this before. You guys have seen this before as well. You gals as well. You non-binary pals as well. You've seen it before. Why does a referee count the pin when both people's shoulders are on the are are, are covered in these awkward situations? Why does he count it? If he knows both are covered, because it seems to me the logical thing is to be like, oh, no, I can't do this. Or is it in the rules of pro wrestling that if this were to happen, the referee still counts and it is officially a draw? Because if so, it's weird. It's a weird rule. Because referees love to steal heat, only in AEW, right? That's what I've that's that that's what I read about on Twitter. <laughs> no, but I mean, and and everything sort of fell flat, and you're like, oh, all right. Well, um, thank you for coming. Yeah, no, it, it kind of ended on a very weird note. And probably not how I would have booked the conclusion to my first show. Probably. I still don't know why they didn't do the overtime gimmick. They had it. It was in the rules. 
There's a draw, 90 seconds of overtime. And then the guys just go, just go hard. They're like, woo! Finish on a high note instead of something that just went really flat. Strange. Anyway, Santana, not the famous guitarist, uh, the, um, the, uh, the wrestler from the AEW tag team known as Santana and Ortiz, or Pride and Powerful, depending on who you're talking to, um, showed up and challenged Gresham for the next Terminus show in February. I think it's February 24, 25, something like that. It, it, it'll run in my little ticker here at the bottom of the screen where now I list a whole bunch of upcoming shows. Um, so uh, the uh, so he comes in, and I'm like, oh, this dope surprise, that's fun. A little awkward promo, but like this was a bit the, the, the feeling of the show, awkward. Everyone getting used to the rules, everyone getting used to this new environment. Everyone, look, Baron Black and Jonathan Gresham put... This is their baby. It's their project. Two guys, they put their money into this a DIY type of situation. Let's let's just fucking go. I can't like I you I think it's to be in bad faith to shit on this show. Be like this was terrible cuz it was not terrible. And it's a first outing for this. And I want Terminus to I like the idea of Terminus. I've seen like a nugget of it. And all I see is potential. All I see is potential. And I see areas where they can improve. And I'm excited to see what they're going to do next. Especially since at the next Terminus show, they have announced that Shane Strickland, the former Isaiah Swerve Scott, is going to be on the show. And if I'm not mistaken, it is going to be his first post-WWE booking. Good for him. Good for, good for showing up on this show. I think it's I think it's great. So I'm even more excited to tune in. I'm even more excited to see what they're going to do next. I'm ex- clearly they're going to be doing a monthly thing out of it and good for them. Good for Gresham, good for Brandon Black. I hope nothing but success and I'm going to keep watching these shows. I'm going to keep talking about it. I'm excited for the rest. Like this is a concept that I feel can only keep going up, right? I think it can only keep rising. It's a different type of indie show. I'm excited for it. I hope I hope it gets better. I hope they fix what needs to be fixed, and that it just upward trajectory. Because I think I I think there's a lot of good out of it. Remember, folks, leave a like on this video if you're enjoying what I'm chatting about so far. Another bit in, on the indie corner here, just as a quick preview. This weekend, GCW, the world is happening. Now, if you're not uh, uh, really deep into independent wrestling. You follow maybe the big two. You're like, but you're definitely hearing about GCW these days. And it's like, what the, what's the big deal here? GCW, GCW. Why is this such a big deal? GCW, Game Changer Wrestling, is holding a show this weekend, a huge show at the Hammerstein, excuse me, Hammerstein Ballroom <laughs> this weekend in New York. And they're going all out with this. This is going to be this is going to be essentially their, the biggest show they've ever put on at one of the most important venues in wrestling history as well, right? Hammerstein, Manhattan Center, January of 1993, um, uh, WWE Raw, 
WWF Raw started uh, started broadcasting from there, right? They taped and aired multiple episodes, later became the Manhattan home for Extreme Championship Wrestling on top of that. Um, and uh, and also Ring of Honor as well. They promoted events in the building on a regular basis between 2007-2012. And notably, you know, featured true legends from from Japanese pro wrestling there as well. Kenta Kabashi, uh, Misawa. Like, the the Manhattan Center slash Hammerstein Ballroom is is an absolute... uh, is an absolute... A uh, 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 mecca for pro wrestling. Now, what does ECW, Ring of Honor, and GCW uh, have in common here? What what's the connecting the, the the connecting tissue, as Chris Charlton would say? the The very important connecting tissue here is that both of these promotions became extremely legitimized once they did shows at the Manhattan Center. It just became. You can argue that ECW became. Uh, didn't feel as much as just this outfit that runs out of a uh, out of a warehouse, you know, in some industrial district of some warehouse district in in, in Philadelphia. You know, Ring of Honor is just not some wrestling nerds over on this side selling DVDs. It's the consecration that suddenly these become true to form alternatives, big indie shows, right? This is what GCW is going for. GCW is always... Brett Lauderdale, booker, owner, he's no dummy. He understands the history of the business. He understands how important it is to the core base. GCW fans are are, are excited. They're rabid about this. It's not the biggest venue, right? There's what, like 3,000 people in his Kiwi Rob in the chat. Nice to see you. Welcome to the chat. Um, he It's sold out. So this place is packed. We're ready to get some GCW here. It's a big deal. And it's a big card. This is what we got. The GCW World Championship is going to be on the line. Champion John Moxley, who we're going to talk about in a short while as well, will be defending against a legend of the business, Homicide. Matt Cardona is going to be taking on Joey Janela. They've been having a fun, little fun feud, replicating the uh, Randy Savage, Ric Flair, Miss Elizabeth, Love Triangle, with with fake pictures and what they were fun little feud um so um so that's all fantastic we've got um uh, uh jeff jarrett taking on effie the internet champion of our hearts Ooh, yeah. uh, probably the most over company the most over guy in the company effie as far as a regular goes it's crazy stuff um, Jeff Jarrett and he, they've been, Jeff Jarrett sort of showed up in, in GCW and he's doing like a Johnny Cashman in black thing. I, I've never been a Jeff Jarrett guy. I have never, ever, ever, ever been a Jeff Jarrett guy. And I know there's a whole bunch of people like, yeah, Jeff Jarrett, <laughs> you know, uh, my baby, whatever the fucking song is that he'd sang, sing with Road Dog. All that shit is, it, it goes above my head. I don't get it. Like, but I'm looking at him go here, the old grizzled veteran, just like, you know, just coming in just to be a, an asshole. I dig it. At first I thought it was weird, but it's really good. And Effie didn't want to fight him because Effie's like, nah, man, you're just an old guy who wants to come into the cool indie scene, fight the cool indie guy, being himself, Effie, right? And and think that you're going to get all this clout and I'm not giving it to him. 
I'm not giving it to you. So Jeff Jarrett brains Alley Cat with a guitar shot. But like a guitar shot that I think, I don't think Jeff Jarrett has ever delivered such a quality guitar shot. Like if there was one time he had to. Ali takes it straight on the head. I'm not even sure the guitar was gimmicked. And then he starts dragging her around. She still has her head in the in the guitar frame and he starts dragging her around. Just something great. So Effie's like, well, fuck you if you're going after my best friend, right? Kind of thing. This is where we're at. Uh, GCW Tag Team Championship. The champions, the Briscoes, are defending in an open challenge. Which a lot of people are expecting FTR, right? A lot of people are expecting the revival to show up for that. I mean, I'd be okay with that. There's been some underlying hype. Like people are like, why not? Because the question is, if not FTR, whom? The, R- the Ring of Honor World Championship is also going to be defended. Jonathan Gresham versus Blake Christian. <laughs> I am so... G- Have I told you guys how happy I am that Blake Christian is back on the indies? I think I have. Ruby Soho is going to be on the card. Against Ali Catch. Ali um, calls this a dream match for her. This was uh, This was a match that she wanted to see happen. And there you go. It's happening. God, I love the... Wrestling is so cool these days, guys. Bandido, Laredo Kid, and ASF are taking on Gringo Loco, Demonic Flamita, and Arez in a luchador, full-on Mexican, AAA, CMLL, whatever match, right in the Hammerstein in New York City. God bless the grab the brassling ring ladder match. They're doing like a, you know, a lot of money in the bank kind of thing. Leo Rush versus PCO versus Tony Deppen versus Alex Colon versus Jimmy Lloyd versus Jordan Oliver. Good stuff. Nice star-studded cast. Lots of weird uh, uh, pairings here, p- potential pairings. And they're doing a free pre-show on YouTube, where there's a scramble, there's a whole bunch of stuff. I'm ex- I'm stoked for this. I'm excited for this, and and GCW is has to put their best foot forward. They have to make this happen. I'm. Uh, this is this is their defining moment. Oh, and oh, and there's the Hall of Fame inductions too. You're gonna have uh, Dave Prazak, quarter of a century in the business. Uh, founder, booker, owner of Shimmer doing women's wrestling matches back in the early 2000s when women's matches were essentially bra and panties matches on WWE. Well, he was having, you know, Sarah Del Rey and Mercedes Martinez like having legitimate, fantastic matches. Lufisto, a legend of women's wrestling and intergender wrestling and hardcore wrestling and deathmatch wrestling is going to be inducted into this Hall of Fame. It's all fantastic. It's all awesome stuff. I'm glad they're doing this. So it's going to be a it's going to be a party for wrestling and with some fantastic stuff. and GCW absolutely has to put their best foot forward. And I hope that their commentary is on par. I hope Kevin Gill 
isn't like isn't isn't going to be like high out of his mind on this one. It has to come across as a big deal because right now I see the discourse going around. GCW is the third company in North America, in the United States, as far as wrestling goes, right? WWE, AEW, GCW. We'll have to see. This is going to be a mark of success here. This is going to be this is going to be a benchmark for them. And I hope I I'm going to watch the show because there's so much great stuff. But I am really hoping I'm rooting for GCW in this situation. From the ground up, organic build, and they're just spreading out, doing great things. They've got development territories on the East Coast, on the West Coast. And I'm hoping that it's going to be a moment of glory for them. I really do. No word on Nick Gage. I've heard some stuff, but I don't want to get into it. But I've heard some stuff. And I hope that things work out so that Nick Gage can be on the show because it is going to be infinitely weird to have the biggest show in GCW's history and not have the guy who is probably most associated with the name not be on the show. Outside of Joey Janela. I think that we could have, we could sit down and have an argument as to, is it Janela? Is it Gage? Who is, who who embodies, who is the, the, the I, dare we say the ace of uh, the icon of GCW. How about that? The icon of GCW. Is it Gage? Is it Janela? I think there's, I would have a tendency to talk about Nick Gage just a little more. Because I think he's 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 part and parcel of the success of the company. I think he's you can't you can't disassociate each other. I invite you to check that out. I invite you to come watch it with us on the Discord. It's gonna be a good time. And when I say watch it with the Discord, I'm not streaming it illegally. We all just sit around and chat and we all watch it, you know, on our own television screens. everyone's having a good time as we start talking about AEW um got about a half hour left if I want to if I want to try and finish this within two hours you know seldom happens um the um so I think what I'm gonna stick to look quick quick overall Rampage thoughts of last Friday. Um, I I thought overall it was I thought it was okay. I I, I like the I like the um, I like the main event. Look overall, here's what let's um right now, and it's, we're into second week of this. Okay, I I'm not feeling the dynamite. The, the AEW that I usually like. I'm not feeling it. I don't know what, what's going on exactly. But like the, the matches aren't as gripping. Uh, there's And last night on Dynamite, I thought there was... I, I was starved for some in-ring. There's some great stuff that happened. Don't get me wrong. We're going to talk about it. But as I keep telling you guys, I watch wrestling because I want to watch people wrestle. Right? 
I'm not going to watch a two-hour SmackDown for 18 minutes of wrestling. God, no. Okay? Now, I'm not saying that this is exactly what happened. There was more wrestling than that last night. I'm not doing a part and parcel comparison. But if I'm not getting wrestling on my wrestling shows, why am I watching? What am I looking at? Kind of thing, right? And the matches, there's always good stuff. But... There's a little pizzazz that's lacking. There's a little, little oomph. Like I thought, you know, Adam Cole versus Trent Beretta. I think it was fine. You know, I think the whole story about the interview. Like these are all stories that, that these are all matches that serve to set up, you know, Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy. That's what it's all about. And that's, that's fine. You know, Sean Spears and Andrew Everett. That was what it was. We know why it was set up. That's all right. Uh, the six-woman tag team match, Nyla Rose, Penelope Ford and the Bunny versus Chris Statland, Layla Hirsch, and Red Velvet. It was it was fine. You know, it's like, didn't have urgency, didn't have like big drama to it, you know? Still set, but I, I get it. Still setting up Chris Statlander, Layla Hirsch, which I dig. I think it's great. And I, I liked the main event. I liked... Jurassic Express, or as I like to call them, Dino 210 versus um, uh, Reynolds and Silver. I think Reynolds and Silver are completely underutilized as far as being a tag team goes. They're just amazing when they go out on the independents as the Beaver Boys. They're still fantastic. Uh, and, and you know, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, they're, they're, it, was, it was great. It was a fun main event. I liked it. But I don't know, man. Like it's to me, it's like two weeks in a row where I'm like, "What's going on? What's happening?" I'm not, you know, like this. Yes, it's Dino Two One Zero. In this house, we refer to Jurassic Express as Dino Two One Zero. AEW Dynamite started last night with one of the most wonderful promos of all time from John Moxley. One of the most sincere and human promos that you will ever hear in pro wrestling. Fantastic stuff. You couldn't have asked for anything better than an asshole heckler, a motherfucker in the audience calling... Uh, John Moxley a drunk and telling him to get that piece of trash out of the ring whatever it is the fuck he said and John Moxley just like just cussing him out telling him to get expulsed I hope he got tossed on his head motherfucker piece of shit guy who's battling addictions alcoholism comes to the ring after spending some time getting his shit together, comes in the ring and one idiot, piece of shit. Like, I hope he fucking paid $150 for those ringside seats and that he got tossed on his ass so that we, and that, so, so that that money was completely down the drain. I hope I can only hope.
absolute piece of shit that guy was. But let's go back to Mox because there's too much positivity here. It's too much good stuff. Mox looks like looks like a million bucks. He looks like a million bucks. Did you see if you were on Twitter and you saw the people doing before and after uh Ooh, photo yeah. comparisons? Mox was bloated. Now he's lean, clear-eyed. You're like, this is a different man. And you have Renee in the meantime tweeting out saying, how how could I love this man even more? It's like, he gets in the ring and he starts talking to the audience, right? And he's, see, he started talking about this cloud that hangs over his head, this demon hanging over him this whole life. The cloud is laughing at him, tells him that, Everything in his life that is good doesn't belong to him. That he didn't deserve any of the things he had achieved. Everything he's been blessed with, right? Excuse me. He likens this to his scars. Not just his physical scars. Because he said, he said, my body has all sorts of scars more than a regular person. But the ones that we carry on the inside, the hardest ones to see... Sometimes we pretend they're not there, but those are the ones we should be proud of. The ones that tell our story, the ones that make us who we are. The crowd is hanging on every word he's saying. You could hear a fly buzz in that audience at that moment. There isn't a sound. He's got everyone. And he is telling something so you so sincere and true. And that's what I this is always one of the great hallmarks of AEW, and we're gonna talk about it a little later again. And that's why promos in WWE don't aren't as efficient. They don't work as well. Because no one is reading scripts. They're talking from legitimacy from the heart from things that are close to them and that translates suck ass little scripts where you're trying to be cute and have to plug in some kind of reference to whatever marvel movies in the is trending on twitter right now that stuff sucks you listen to john moxley talk about what's going on and he sounds just like anyone sounds like you sounds like me you've talked to someone like him you probably have a friend who speaks like him maybe you're even someone who talks like him right when's the last time you're like yeah the way drew mcintyre talks to me that's super relatable no offense to drew you need uh, And knowing that what he had to go through to get to this point was <clears throat> was uh, was related to alcohol abuse. That he needed to go to rehab. He needed to recenter himself for his wife, for his kid. And that the struggle continues. You know, this is one thing that we can never forget. Is that 
and, and maybe it's not obvious for someone who isn't uh, who hasn't dealt with these types of issues or who hasn't been in contact with a loved one or someone close to you who's been with these issues. It is a constant struggle. Never really win. You know, they're not a complete and total victory. Every day is is another bit of a fight. So I have no problem at all with him coming out and being vulnerable like that and opening himself up because he could have decided to just not tell Tony Khan, this is confidential, we're not saying a thing, but no, he opened up about it. You know why? Because there are people in that type of situation as well. And if any of you watching, listening right now are struggling or have someone close to you who's struggling, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, there are tons and tons of services online uh, from uh, wherever you may be in the world, in your locally as well. If you're not sure, if you're not sure how to go, DM me. Send me send me a, a DM on Twitter. I'll help you. I'll help you find what you need. Because the thing is that you're never ever alone, and there are always people out there to help you. And if you're a wrestling fan and you've and you you've seen again another wrestler do battle with with as he said his cloud his demon, you, let that inspire you. If they can do it, you can do it too. They're not, they're not superhuman. We like to think of them as much because they're wrestlers. They do, they're trained to do these incredible things to entertain us by doing these incredible feats of physical, uh, of, of, of these, these incredible physical feats. How about that? Um, but they're still human, just like you are. All right, enough with the sentimentality. Because Mox then turned his attention to the locker room. He's like, I'm ready for you bastards over there. I'm ready. I'm ready. And here's the the line. He says he's back. He's ready. And he's thirsty. And the only thing he drinks now is blood. And that, that is probably one of the most bone-chilling, awesome lines I have heard in any media for a long time. I'm thirsty and all I drink now is blood. Holy shit. How excellent was this? How fucking great was this? From a promo which was so sincere and and true and human to just like, all right, and now promo. Now I'm done talking about myself. Now wrestling promo. And just the place just goes electric. Fantastic. Now, by the way, Warren. Oh, uh, hang on. Warren. Oh, (laughs) you're still here. Yes. Uh, Warren, don't you not like uh, when uh, uh, wrestling shows begin with the promos? No, I, I really don't like it. This wrestling show started with promo, but yet you like promo? All right, it's a, first of all, it's about time you leave. Thank you. And uh, look, 
What did I tell you last week after the Adam Cole thing promo? Is that I said, if you're going to start your show with a promo, it better fucking matter. It better matter. It better be something that you're like, you can't put this on any other moment in the show where you're like, this is what we do. CM Punk walking out into a, in front of a Chicago crowd for the first time in seven years. Sure. Absolutely do that. John Moxley returning to address the AEW fans uh, after uh, coming back from rehab. Absolutely put that on first. Adam Cole coming out to call out Orange Cassidy. Hit the bricks. That's it. I don't need that. To, but this, this, absolutely meaningful. The most meaningful thing they could have done. Perfect. I think anything else would have been weird. Well done. Now get back to giving me matches to open up Dynamite. Jesus. Then we had a quick backstage segment where we had... Oh, wait a minute. Uh, Anakin JMT left us a super chat. Thank you very much. said, uh, fuck Bully Ray for his bullshit opinions. Thank you very much for the super chat, Anakin. And thank you, Bubba Ray Dudley. Uh, for, um, yeah. Guys on Busted Open Radio, like probably the most successful non-conrad thompson podcast out there right with reason i listen to it on occasion it's entertaining dave lagreca fantastic uh uh personality uh um, like absolutely amazing but um here's the thing i um the bully ray basically said that on the show today, on his show, that uh, John Moxley should apologize to the, to the AEW fans. Oh, yeah. you know? so, I don't know if you apologize to the boys in the back, but you should apologize. And here's the thing: is that John Moxley doesn't owe any of us an apology. He doesn't owe any of us an apology. Just the fact that he decided to be straight with us, be forthcoming with it, that is a that is a a a, a mark of trust. Um. And that's enough for me. He doesn't need to apologize for his struggles. Bubba. He doesn't. He said it himself. Come from a long line of, you know, back in the day, all sorts of wrestlers had all sorts of demons, but they... Yeah, back from the days, right? where wrestlers couldn't take time off to make sure they stayed healthy, that they weren't broken down in their 50s, going on GoFundMes now to try and pay for their medical bills. They are not... uh, A lot of those wrestlers that didn't take time to take care of themselves because they couldn't, because the business wouldn't let them, a lot of them passed away way before their time, in their 30s, their 40s. The tragic ones are in their 20s. And then the list is long and numerous and multiple of guys who, instead of rehabbing, instead of going to therapy, instead of, they went to pills, they went to booze because that's how you had to, that's that's how you dealt with the pain. That's how you had to do it. 
Because otherwise, the hey, Booker might not book you anymore. Oh, it might not be one of the boys, right? This fucking weird wrestling code that existed for decades caused so much pain to so much people who gave their lives to the business. Some of them are still alive. Some of them are dead. Because of shit-ass attitudes like that. No, they're counting on you. They're get- he took a few months off to come back better. Well-balanced. What the fuck do you want? Why would I... Why should he have to apologize to me? And at any given moment, I will applaud a wrestler. And for that matter, anyone in any field who takes a step back to be like, no, you know what? I have got to chill for this. This... This is why sometimes, you know, I get infuriated when people are, uh, I wish kayfabe was back. Kayfabe ultimately was this, this iron curtain of secrecy where you'd see none of this shit go on. But the stories were there. And they were documented by those who knew. And now that we're in an era where everything is open, Free flow of information, social media, so on and so forth. We get the stories. We get to see how these wrestlers are progressing. We're able to to see when things aren't going wrong. There's only weirdos. There's only weirdos like Bubba Ray Dudley who still think that this kind of shit is okay. To push yourself... Uh, you gotta, you, you gotta work through it because so many people are counting on you. And what the fuck? Normalize, continue normalizing a work environment for wrestlers where they don't have to work injured, mentally injured, or physically injured. And no, I've never worked in the business. I've never been in the business. And if if that was the kind of shit that would have been expected from me, I probably would have left too. Good for Mox. And good for anyone, anyone who does that. It's only weirdos like Bubba Ray and weirdos who focus on fucking gifts on Twitter who think this kind of bullshit. You know what I'm talking about. The weirdos that obsess with, oh, look at this botch here. Let's talk about Adam Cole and Britt Baker defeating Chris Statlander and Orange Cassidy. That'll get us into a better mood. (laughs) Uh, Fun match. I thought it was fun. Very West Coast type of match, which, you know, a lot of funny ha-has, you know, at first. I like that kind of progression where everything starts very light. Uh, it's always been a bit of a trademark of the the, the West Coast style, right? Uh, of the West Coast Indies. 
you know, it starts very light, a little goofy, but then as the match progresses, then it gets serious. Then you get the 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 the, the power moves. You get the 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 really great stuff. I like it, and this was one of those. Brit, Brit Baker, it's the shin kicks from Orange Cassidy. Statlander and Cassidy are such a great tag team, though. Statlander does her her stalling vertical suplex, right? And then Orange Cassidy sort of pretends he's running back and forth in the ropes, and then he sort of just uh, he pushes, but you know, pushes uh, Statlander so that she can finish the 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 suplex. You know, great stuff. Statlander hits the four, the area four fifty one on Cole and uh, and Britt, which was great. Britt hits a destroyer on the ramp. The heels pull out a table. Orange accidentally shoves Britt Baker off the apron through the table. That pisses off Adam Cole because he's like, why are you touching my girlfriend? He low blows Orange Cassidy while the ref is distracted. Last shot. We got ourselves a pin. The one thing that irks me about um, about mixed match challenge, mixed match tags, tag, mixed match tag matches, mixed match Mixed tag matches. Mixed match tag. Jesus Christ. The, these types of matches here. Is that, what's the point of a hot tag? They, they, they did the, you know, the baby face in peril situation. It's like, oh, I'm gonna, I need to tag you in. They're both doing it. They're both going, you know, going to each other's corner. And you're like, what's the point? They're like, they're like, there's no point to like trying to get a hot tag because you know the other guy's gonna get you know if the girls tag out the guys get both guys get tagged in so it's like there's no real like I still I I have still have fundamental issues and it was the same thing when WWE was doing the mixed match challenge like I don't understand how I don't understand the the intricacy of it because you know, you may be doing real, real good, but you know, if you tag in your your partner, then the other guy comes in automatically. Whether the guy, whether the the guy or girl you're beating on is in a bad way, you're still gonna tag in a fresh person. So it's it's a very roundabout way to say, look, we're having men and women fight in matches together, but they're not fighting each other. You know, it's. Just do, do intergender or don't, you know, at this stage, I don't get it. Um, free agent Cody Rhodes <laughs> comes to, came in to cut a promo. You've heard this news. Cody Rhodes is apparently without a an AEW contract. He's been working without a contract for weeks. Yes, the guy that they decided to put a... A a, a, a a title on the TNT title yeah he's working without a contract a lot of people lost their minds when this happened decided exact oh he's gonna be in the Royal Rumble oh it could be possible you know now don't get me wrong this is interesting news right it, and it is it's interesting news as I often like to chat to y'all about when it's time to talk about wrestling news, I always, 
I I think it's important that we all take a moment and sit and think about who could be leaking this information and why. AEW is hermetic when it comes to news leaking. It just doesn't happen. There's people with gorilla tape everywhere making sure that leaks don't happen. When is the last time something leaked from AEW? CM Punk? Brian Danielson? Those were very strategic. Like those things were not leaked by someone who had an axe to grind or who had a problem or who wanted to spoil a surprise. No, these things were leaked purposefully to create anticipation for, for example, the United Center show. Because let's not forget, this show got sold out solely on the news, on the reports, the rumors, not even news, the rumors that CM Punk was showing up that night. He would... Uh, Tony Khan, AEW, never explicitly advertised CM Punk for that show. Why do you think? Because they leaked it to the news. They leaked it to to the reporters. And it just grew. It grew. Tony then doing media rounds. Uh, sort of always semi-acknowledged. Well, you never know. Giving us the side, the snide smiles. It's like, and everyone said, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Show gets sold out. And they did the same thing with Brian Danielson for the Arthur Ashe show. They did the same thing. AW using the news. It's the same thing. This shit gets leaked because they let it. They leak it themselves. They're like, let's do this. Now, this is why I'm wondering about Cody Rhodes here. I don't buy for a second that he's signing somewhere else, that he's going away. That he's going to start showing up in WWE. What the fuck? Have you not been paying attention? (laughs) This was expertly put out. Because no one was expecting this. Whether it's true or not. That's a whole other discourse. But let's go in good faith here. And say that you know he in fact does not have a contract. What type of contract? Uh, probably a probably a talent contract, right? Because he's he's an executive vice president of the company. What? Why would? How could you know? He probably has a talent contract on top of that, and that's absolutely fine for him. Maybe that needs to be renewed, and maybe there is. Let's just play with it. People hate me already, says Cody. Why don't we just start tossing stuff out that I might not be resigning? Let's make it all about me again. I think it's an it's it I think it I think it is a 100% work and I think people are getting worked. 
And people are going to get mad when they realize that they've been worked. Which is weird because I like to get worked. You know. Because there's no fathomable scenario where a guy is working for a company, a wrestler, first and foremost, not working without a contract and gets strapped up with a title. That's unfathomable to me. Plus, on top of that, oh, yeah. Oh, Anakin left us a super chat again. Thank you very much, Anakin, for all the super chats tonight. Again, appreciate it very much. It says, reports say that he has no AEW contract, period, EVP2. I don't buy it. That I don't buy. Why are you putting this? Why is he going to work for no money? Why is this guy going in and is in an, a, you know, a production? Uh, uh, he's in a production uh, 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 capacity making decisions and he's not getting paid? No, 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 no. Highly unlikely. It doesn't make sense. Like, it doesn't make sense. We're getting worked, folks. We're getting worked. The media is wor- is, is helping AEW work us. It's just as simple as that. I don't, I, do, I don't buy this for a second. It's fun, though. I enjoy it. I, I don't have a problem. Work... My God, man, if you can if you can get me to believe, please do. But if you get suckered, don't get mad. Because your boy Warren told you so. <laughs> so throughout all of this, and it's like everyone, everyone coming in and being like, okay, well, this is crazy, you know. He comes in and he cuts a promo, right? He said, and I just, I thought this was fantastic. He starts by referencing the CM Punk pipe bomb, right? He says he followed the roadmap of the CM Punk pipe bomb promo. One of the most important addresses in the history of wrestling. He teases, you know, using this 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 free agency apparently that he has he says uh, people told me i shouldn't say this promo but i might not have another opportunity to give it they like fuck off come on now <laughs> i love it i love it though like that's it that, like it's so good it's wrestling it's fantastic he says he you know cm punk laid out the roadmap going to new japan going to Ring of Honor, teaming with the Young Bucks. But it turned out that he couldn't, he wouldn't do it until he reached AEW. But in the absence of CM Punk, this is still Cody talking, right? He says, it was Cody who did all of those things. He achieved all that CM Punk had laid out and the fans cheered him through the revolution. They cheered Cody when he needed them. He held when he held every grain of the revolution in his hand. That's why Cody will never turn heel. <laughs> and 
I'm just, I'm dying at how great it is. Because he's so bitter. And he's like, you guys want me to turn heel, but I'm not going to turn heel because you guys cheered for me. Oh, this is so, it's so good. And I did everything. Your guy, CM Punk. I did everything he said he wanted to do. I did it. Now, if that's not a little megalomania just to toss in there, sowing some seeds to CM Punk at some point going, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? You know, it's like, what, what are you doing? You know, you trashing what? Cody takes credit for building the forbidden door. Talks about how the Young Bucks were restarting the Wednesday Night Wars with Red Dragon. And he said, what did he say? He, he said he's glad that Red Dragon graduated from arm drag class or hip, -top, hip toss class or something like that. But he doesn't need to see the Young Bucks beat the developmental again. And I was just like, oh my god. And you see, so it feels the the it feels like he's shooting, right? Because of this free agency thing that exists in the meta of AEW's television show. It feels like he's shooting from the hip. He's taking a page out of Vince Russo and TNA. The work shoot. The work shoot. But it's it's good. It feels fresh. And it it works because of the story beats that they put out there into the universe. Where usually, you know, wrestling news doesn't make it onto TV, right? But now it is. And it's the big elephant in the room because is Cody leaving? Puts himself over, puts the, the TNT title over. And, and then sort of half-heartedly... So, uh, Sammy Guevara next week, how about we have a ladder match kind of thing? And you're like, we spent like five minutes listening to you be bitter. Bitter Cody Rhodes. Just to, talking about all the business, everything you've done. Like, we were, I was this close, this close to expecting him to say, what about Cody? Like pulling one out of Raven's playbook. What about Cody? Oh, say what you want about Cody Rhodes. This guy gets it. He gets wrestling promos. He knows how to work people like few people in this business can. He gets it. He is not oblivious. He is not. He has so much self-awareness. People don't give him half as much credit as they should. He he understands everything he's doing. People are just taking everything he says literally. I'm not going to turn heel. You're already a heel. You don't have to turn because you're doing it yourself. That's the point. We got Cody sucks chance in the audience. There were chance for the Royal Rumble that got booed, but I thought it was funny. And he himself was like, mm, 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 mm. he was digging it. I, 
and people seem confused about this promo. There is, I I have this promo was an absolute masterwork on how to work an audience, make them believe what you're saying is real. What you know, uh, make them feel that what that they're getting a peek behind the curtain. Maybe it wasn't a pipe bomb. Was a far cry from being a pipe bomb. But he co-ops the pipe bomb. He says, I did it. CM Punk didn't. I built the forbidden door. I have been the revolution of wrestling. And then you're going to tell me that this guy is working without contracts. Come on. My spidey senses are tingling. No, they're not tingling. They're having like full-on conniptions. That is really good. Those were the high, really the highlights of the show. I thought that the promos were, uh, you know, we got <laughs> CM Punk completely destroying Sean Spears. And they gave Sean Spears the full entrance, right? The big old thing. And he comes to the ring and he just eats a GTS and he's dead. Compare and contrast that to last week, right? If this, you know, Wardlow completely bodying CM Punk from A to Z. This week, CM Punk coming back and just like, you know, I'm getting rid of the jabron. Again, if you don't see how this serves Wardlow, I don't know what to tell you. This makes Wardlow come across as an even bigger badass. We got uh, the House of Black destroying the Hollywood Blondes. Lots of squashes. Again, not not a problem. As I told you, I like squash matches. I also like, uh, you know, those patented, crazy, high-velocity... uh, uh, dynamite matches, right? That's what I'm missing here. So, Malachi Black and uh, Brody King defeated the Hollywood, crushed the Hollywood Blondes. Brian Pillman Jr. is afraid to do a springboard now. That's my takeaway. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know if Julia Hart is going to join the House of Black anymore. I don't think that's going to be a thing. But I think she's, you know, obviously the Hollywood Blondes are dissolving. They're coming apart at the seams and sure. Be a nice little lower lower card feud there. That's fantastic. You know, Griff Garrison versus Pillman. I'm okay with that. We got Pac having a vignette saying that officially he's coming for Aleister Black, not joining the House of Black, so that's cool. We had Lance Archer defeat Frankie Kazarian. I thought this one went a little long. Not that I'm like, Lance Archer should be beating people up right and left. Look, especially not a vet like Frankie Kazarian. He shouldn't be squashing Frankie Kazarian. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying in the match composition, probably could have ended a little faster is what I'm saying. But it was all right. It's crazy, right? Frankie Kazarian not too long ago was the elite hunter. Uh, 
Um, ah, Layla Hirsch is pissed at Chris Statlander. And now we know why. We know why. She said it straight to the alien's face. I'm sick of teaming with you because I'm losing and I'm losing thousands of dollars. And boy, oh boy, if I didn't pop right out of my seat when I heard that. Because how long have I been talking about professional wrestlers are professional fighters. They go into a ring to fight because that's how they make money. And the winner gets a bigger cut of the purse than the loser. That's how. So that's why you want to win because you're going to make more money if you win. Just as simple as that. Layla Hirsch just says, I'm losing thousands of dollars. Like, that's all I need to know. That I, you know what? Layla, I'd be pissed too if I'm tagging with someone and they're not pulling their weight and and we're losing because of that person and I'm 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 out of $8,000 because I'd be absolutely pissed. What are you talking about? Great mid-card feud for the women right there and simple stakes not a thing with fucking hamburgers or she stole my she stole my hairstyle or you know whatever weird ass fucking you know not a friendship falling apart they just they're they're drifting apart and one's becoming evil no she just wants to make money Keep it fucking simple. You keep it simple. I love it. It's gonna be hard for me not to cheer for Layla. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna be like, go get get paid, man. Kick some ass. Get paid. Serena Deep defeated Sky Blue with, again, short. Establishing Serena Deeb as a um, as a threat, I don't know why anyone was really expecting anything other than what we got. I know a lot of people felt disappointed, and I know there's a lot of people who like Sky Blue because, well, she has a lot of uh, intangibles. You know, she's very charismatic, pretty girl, works hard, um, but. You know, this is another discussion we've had, right? There are intent. There are lanes in AEW. There are uh, there 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 there's a structure that exists, and she is not in Serena Deeb's lane yet. She is still very much a dark, dark elevation stalwart. That's fine. It's not a knock. That's where she is right now. These pecking orders exist in AEW. You have to pay attention to see them, but they're there. And this was not uh, this was not Sky Blue's time. Clearly, they are going to establish Serena Deeb as a vicious monster heel that just picks women apart. So that when Hikaru Shida comes back, she gets the hugest babyface reaction. And then we got the acclaim versus uh, Darby Allen and Sting, who won the match, and Darby. Did a semi-stretcher job, but he came back. We knew he was going to come back. Like, 
Because the Acclaim tried to take him out. But we knew he was going to come back. The talking point here is Sting, right? 62-year-old Steve Borden going through a match, flying off of uh, uh, stages through tables. Like, what the hell is this guy? What is he doing? What has he been on? How can I get just a... How can I, Warren Hayes, get just a fraction of what he has? I don't I don't want it the whole nine yards. I'm just like, Sting, just give me a bit of what makes you what you are at your age right now. Just give me some of that and, uh, you know, I'll do incredible things. And it's weird because I was watching the, uh, the Noah, Pro Wrestling Noah show from a couple of days ago. And you've got, you've got, Kaiji Muto, right? The great Muta. One of the, like a legend, right? A bona fide legend. One of the uh, penultimate living legends in Japanese professional wrestling. Wrestling in general, but Japanese professional wrestling looms large over the business. And he's he's two years younger than Sting. And he's competing at very high levels in Noah. As opposed to Sting, who's not challenging for titles, not going for the world title. Right now, Keiji Muto is a tag team champion with uh, Nakajima. He was a GHC, uh, last year he was a GHC world heavyweight champion in in Noah. But the guy has no cardio. He has no knees. He He hasn't had functioning knees in 15 years. And... He's trying to go. He's doing things, but it's not working. And all you see is literally a shadow of the of the man that used to be. Flip that over to to AEW and Sting, and you're like, I don't like this guy is going out on his own terms. It's his own legacy. There's people, I saw a bit of a, uh, a question, I think it was on the Discord today, by the way, join the Discord, it said, what's the end game for Sting in AEW? This is the end game. Sting leaving on his own terms. We're in it. This is it. Whatever they do with him, they don't need to strap a title with him. He could end his career being uh, uh, Darby Allen's dad, elevating Darby throughout it all fly through a couple of tables some more and that'd be that this is Sting's endgame not going out on Vince's terms going out on his terms going out like the legend he is and and in a way that no one expected 62 year old Sting to go out on on top of it all Fine, fine little match. Again, like I wasn't. But Sting was Sting is just phenomenal. I can't believe it. I I still I still can't believe how great of an athlete he is. How great how how he can still do what he does. Outstanding stuff. So next week we're getting a super show for Dynamite. It's Beach Blast. TNT Championship ladder match. Sammy Guevara versus Cody Rhodes to unify the TNT titles. 
Lights Out match, which is going to be dope. Adam Cole versus Orange Cassidy. Very excited about that. We're going to get Chris Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz versus Daniel Garcia in 2.0. Santana had a promo earlier in the evening with Chris Jericho. And basically, Santana's done with Jericho's shit. And aren't we all? JFY? Come on. Especially after... It's never going to work. It's never going to take off. Especially after John Moxley, who is umpteen times cooler than Chris Jericho. Even on to- after that, after uh, John Moxley actually saying fuck on cable TV, there's no fucking way JF- GFY is getting over. As, as they say in that one Mean Girls fi- film, Stop trying to make JFY a thing. It's not going to work. GFY. JFY. It's all the same. GFY. It doesn't even make sense. It's what? Get the... Go fuck yourself? Is that what it is? It's not even satisfying to say. GFY. 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 It's not even satisfying. And we're getting Red Velvet versus Layla Hirsch. There'll probably be some matches added on after uh, Rampage, but we'll see how that goes. But I'll tell you one thing right now, how this is going to go. We're going to bring an end to the weekly wrestling inspection. Thank you, everyone, for joining me this evening here live on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. If it's the first time popping in, consider leaving a like. Consider subscribing. Did you enjoy it? Did I work for your subscription? Do you think I deserve your precious subscription time? Yeah, if so, I appreciate it. And hit the button right there. I will gladly, gladly appreciate I will gladly, gladly uh, be thankful. I'll be very thankful. I'll be gladly thankful. That doesn't mean anything. But I will be thankful if you do that. Um... Remember, if you're a member of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel, which you can do right now if you want, come and join us for the post stream. After this, we continue the discussion. I want to hear about the the members take the center stage. I want to hear what the members feel. What did they like about wrestling this week? What did they not like? It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good time. We always have a good time on on the post shows. I don't know what I'm talking about as if tonight's going to be a good one. It's always a good one uh, when it comes to... uh, uh, when it comes to the um, to the post shows, there we go. So uh, leave a like, leave a review if you're listening to this in your favorite podcast application. Thank you all so very much for joining me on this wonderful, wonderful evening. Why is this not? It had to end like this, right? It had to. my god let's let's try this again <laughs> thank you all very much for joining me this evening thank you thank you all for <laughs> thank you all so much for joining me this evening <clears throat> see you